Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Ube Dockhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Nigel Collin. How are you doing, Nigel? And where are you hanging out right now? Well, well, firstly, thank you for having me. I'm extremely well. And I'm hanging out in... uh, in, in Australian country, in the, in the country in Australia, in between Brisbane and Sydney, so kind of halfway up the coast. And I, I'm very lucky. I live in a beautiful part of the world on a bit of land with a few horses and it's, why would I not be well? It's great. Wonderful. You have my jealousy. Thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure having you here today. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Nigel works with executive leaders to help their teams embrace change and constant innovation. His expertise is helping engage their people to implement strategy and drive sustainable growth. Nigel is founder of Ingenious Oz Project and author of Game of Inches, Why Small Changes Win Big Results. He has interviewed hundreds of successful leaders and individuals and shares their wisdom, mindset, and actions. And I think... Your mission and message of consistent growth is game of inches and not a one of explosive moment is remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Nigel. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that's resonated. I'm, I'm really happy because it, it kind of discovered me. I didn't discover it. Yeah, well, it, it happens, right? It's so great. Correct, yeah. So so the first thing I want to know, Nigel, is who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? Yeah. Look, I think my ideal client is the one who I'm aligned with and who is aligned with me. I think it's very easy with that question to kind of go into the marketing avatar, you know, to go, yes, senior leaders in mid-sized companies in this particular space. And, yes, I've got all that down. But but for me where it really sings, you know, where you get the best result, where you, where you feel like you've progressed or you've done good is when you work with clients who are not like-minded but share similar values or goals or aspirations. And when you're aligned with your client, one, it's so much easier to work with, but you tend to you tend to get more done, more meaningful work done. Um, so, so to hone that down a little bit more. It's it's you know that what is that alignment? I think it's people who understand the human side of business, and as a result of that, they really want not so much for not so much to have their people buy in to what their businesses or what they're wanting to achieve, but to take ownership of it. And they're very different things. So it's people who have a real focus on their people mm-hmm. and have a real aspiration to create a bottom-up approach. Um, and when you find that, when I find that client, it's it's just wonderful. And what are the challenges they face typically? Yeah, look, I think, it, again, it comes back to engagement and, and alignment and, you know, where we see 
challenges in most businesses is is especially past the, the pandemic is you know mm. businesses are quite good especially in the top end of creating a strategy mm. of understanding what their purpose is and what their value is and if they're not good at that you can massage that and facilitate that conversation but then it becomes well how do you empower your people or how do you get your people taking ownership of that strategy and implementing that strategy mm. um and I think that's one of the biggest challenges most organisations face, especially after COVID, because, you know, if I take my kids for an example, their view of the world has shifted. You know, our, our, all of our views, we've all gone through this massive change. And what used to be important to us five years ago may not be as important to us now. And I think organisations need to understand that and adapt to it. So, you know, I think the number one challenge is engagement. Um, and when you can when you can find that engagement, and everybody works together. That is just a force, you know, to be worked with. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. And uh, I think you know, I I believe in uh, that uh, the only constant in life is change. And so, if you can't manage that and you want to have security all the time, it just doesn't work. And you know, COVID has shown us that uh, there is change, and uh, we have to adapt. And we have to change and transform in some ways. And uh, as you yeah. mentioned, uh, yeah, so that's just a matter of fact. And the better we get at uh, that change and the innovation that you're talking about, um, the easier it gets uh, over time. And so when we're faced with these uh, enormous challenges, so there are challenges. And what are typically people, what are common mistakes, you know, uh, your clients make when trying to solve that problem because it's just natural to make mistakes. Um, so, what are tip, uh, common mistakes they make? So, so let me let me start this by saying I make this mistake myself, mm. and it's jumping to the solution too fast um, because the world is moving quickly and change is happening rapidly. And there's a great temptation, I think, to jump to the solution. Okay, I know what to do. Um, however. If you don't really understand the challenge, if you don't really understand the game at hand, you run the risk of, of addressing, um, you know, symptoms of something. So I think what happens often is in, you know, we're all so busy. We've got to get everything done. The world is changing quickly. There's a lot going on. Quick, quick, quick. Here, I know how we'll deal with this. We'll do that. That may not be the best thing. Um, and I think, for me, I really love the old Einsteinian philosophy. If I had 60 minutes to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes on the problem because once we can sit in the problem longer, and, yeah, that takes a bit of courage, um, but I think if we can focus on the problem, understand the causes, the you know the deeper layers of it, the solutions we find will come faster, which is kind of paradoxical but they're going to be better. They're going to be more aligned. So I think, yeah, one of the biggest mistakes that, that I, especially in innovation circles, you know, the world is full of ideas, but very few of them have a place. You know, we, we could sit here for 10 minutes and come up with a hundred ideas. Are any of them marketable or workable or good? Probably not. So let's focus on the problem first, really understand it. And then the solution we find is going to be much more valuable. Excellent insights here. Wonderful. So before I ask Nigel, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something to our audience. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think could benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. 
So Nigel, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that kind of issue? Yeah, so I think the first one is sit longer in the problem. But having said that, I think the one thing that, so part of my background is, as you mentioned, I've interviewed over the years, as you have, hundreds of people, and you start to see patterns. And one of the things I've noticed is people who are succeeding in whatever endeavour, be it innovation, business, community, whatever, they're, they're geniuses at finding gaps, you know, those little opportunities, those little problems that they're, they, they're seemingly small and insignificant, but they're the ones that, that bear fruit. And so my advice to, to anybody listening is take the time to just sit down, even if it's 10 minutes a week, and think about what are some of the small things you're doing that are getting in the way? Or what are some of the tiny things that if you addressed would make, you know, life easier or make a big difference? Because I think in our rush to get things done, you know, there's a myth out there that to, to succeed we have to reinvent what we do or we've got to come up with the next Uber or whatever it is. And no, it's the little things. So, you know, the one takeaway would be become a gap hunter. You know, don't even become an idea hunter. Become a gap hunter because once you start finding the gaps, wow, it's amazing the momentum that you create from that. So I'm a huge advocate of, yeah, be a, be a gap hunter. Uh, double points for that answer. <laughs> Oi, fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. So uh, thank you for sharing already. And uh, I want to give you also the platform to, um, you know, share our, you know, one valuable re free resource that you can direct people to that will help with that, or maybe also in a broader sense, Yeah, um, but there's a few. I'm only allowed one, though, aren't I? No, no. So go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so look, I'm, I'm a big believer in in what I like to think about is the never-ending doctrine. Like we should never stop learning, and especially when change is is afoot. And I think some of the most valuable resources out there are at our fingertips. And for an example, you know. Um, I think look at online resources, Harvard Business Review, for example. Um, you know, some of the articles that are coming through from that, they're, they're incredibly insightful. And although they may be slightly, you know, tangent to what your listeners may do, they are incredibly valuable. And I think we have to constantly be soaking up that information. I think something like this podcast is incredible wealth of information. And if you listen to things twice, you're going to hear different you know, different areas. Um, from my own personal perspective, um, you know, most of the interviews and stories we've done, and I've travelled around, you know, interviewing people, and this, you know, is on Ingenious Oz Project, which is a project to inspire ideas here in Australia. And they're not lessons so much. It's, it's you know, through telling of stories, you kind of, you're inspired and there's pieces, there's gems in there. So I think the one resource would be learning. Informal learning, formal learning. And I know it's not very, I'm not very, very specific, am I? Like, go here. Um, but I, I often think we don't know what we don't know. And sometimes we just need to broaden our perspective. So, as far as resources go, um, yeah, just soak up everything you possibly can. And it's at our fingertips. Well, I can't go on that one. 
<laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, Nigel, um, I think you already have done an excellent job in, uh, you know, making our, you know, making our audience uh, so intrigued that they just naturally will come to check you out. And of course, we will support these efforts and uh, putting all the links in the show description so they can uh, check you out and find you, you and uh, get access to more insights as valuable as you just shared. Thank you so much. So, Nigel, what's the one qu uh, question I should have asked you that will be of great value to our audience? Oh, that's a great question. What happens when things go wrong? Um, <laughs> yeah, what, how do we deal with mistakes? You know, and, and the reason I say that, and that's a, uh, it's, a, it's a difficult I've had five businesses in my life and three of them went really well, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so you kind of don't want to think about the other ones. However, that's often where the best learning happens, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we deal with mistakes? And the reason I find that what's the question you should have asked me that I, I probably wouldn't want you to ask me because it's a hard one to answer because I think we know, we know that we learn from mistakes. You know, there's a lot of research that if we kind of sit there, like growth mindset, for example, if we sit there and go, what can I do differently? What can I learn from this experience? Who can help me next time? What changed? What did I miss? And these are all, you know, really good questions, especially in the world of innovation. And I think mm. on the surface, we get that. <laughs> but when you when you mess things up or they don't go to plan, especially when they're your goals or aspirations that aren't happening, then it becomes emotional. Mm. And then we start to hang on to it. And it's really, really difficult. And I think we have to sometimes... And I'm, you know, I find this as hard as anybody else, I think, but sometimes we just have to step back and take a breath and go, okay, what can I learn? What did I do right? So I think that's one question when we're talking about innovation, when we're talking about success, when we're talking about professional or personal development, it's not always going to be the way we want it to be. It's not always going to be 100% smooth sailing. Things will go wrong. And and I think we need to talk about that because once we start talking about it, it becomes a little less horrid, if that makes sense. That makes total sense to me, <laughs> absolutely. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing this. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's one of the biggest questions, and uh, asking questions in general is uh, you know not only just kind of like uh, these are my tools. I consider myself uh, most of the time as just being the questioning tool. Uh, in situations mm -hmm. where people, you know, might not be able to ask the right question at the right time. So, and that's when, uh, you know, a coach like me or uh, uh, someone like you can come into um, the picture and helps people to realize what is the question at hand. So I think it's a, it's a brave one to ask yourself uh, always, mm. but I think it's also super, super important uh, to do that. Uh, in that regard. And so we're already going into the emotional uh, part of this interview. So <laughs> this brings me yeah, to my yeah. fi final question. And it's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? Yeah. So I'm going to come at this from a slightly different angle, if that's okay. I was thinking if there was only one time I could remember when there were goosebumps or what was the last time for me, that indicates I haven't really done my job as a parent because for me, that family is one of my strong values. You know, I actually have a hierarchy of behaviors 
And one, the first one at the top is family first, right? So I'm very strong with family. So I would like to think that I have goosebump moments with my family constantly as opposed to just one. Um, and I hope that doesn't sound like I'm coming challenging it, but but I just think, yeah, if there was only one, that would be bad, you know. However, having said that, the, the one that really resonates with me at the moment, and it kind of happens a lot, my kids don't. And now I'm, you know, I'm free, so to speak, which is kind of weird. Um, but when they're home, you know, those moments, I live in the country and out, we have a veranda out the back of the house which overlooks, you know, the paddocks and the hall. It's really nice. And it's those moments when we're all, I've got two kids, so when all four of us, my wife and I and the kids are sitting on the, the back veranda and we're just talking, not about anything particular, not not trying to solve problems or, you know, not, God, oh, we're just chatting, you know, I love that. I just they're the they're the goosebump bumps moments, and I hope that they can happen all the time. You know, um, I think family is really really important, really important. And um, yeah, anyway, so there you go. That, that's there's lots of other ones like when they were first born and stuff like that. But yeah, just that that sitting around because then you become their friends. You, you're not their parent anymore. You're kind of your family. Yeah. See, goosebumps already, so job well done. And I, I appreciate that. You're a leader in, uh, in, uh, in that regard, uh, Nigel, already. So thank you for sharing this beautiful reminder and this beautiful goosebumps moment about, about uh, our families. And thank you for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you shared with us today. Look. Thank you. And and you were talking before very quickly um, about, you know, a good coach asks good questions or powerful questions or hard questions. Um, and this is just, I have loved this experience because you've actually got me thinking about things. I don't think about goosebump moments every day. So it's been, it's personally, it's been wonderful. And I think you've demonstrated good coaching in it. So anyway, there you go. But thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening and as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.